Hello and welcome to Leviathan News. Today is August 3rd and it's uh, my sister's birthday actually. So happy birthday. Good day. <laughs> happy birthday. Happy birthday. But today we have Mr. Noah Seidman on back again. <laughs> <laughs> I got uh, I got mid journey happy, but I love that stuff. No shame. So the big news for the past 24 hours has been the interest rate vote that has been taking place over at Abracadabra. We talked about this yesterday where the Abracadabra team had proposed some wild interest rate changes to the terms that a quote-unquote user was subjected to for borrowing MIM against CRV. And the issue with MIM's proposal with that it would radically change the interest rates from where they were to upwards of 200% with a multiplier that could take it all the way up to 10,000%, much like how Frax curve works or FraxLen works. Uh, but these would be implemented in a very quick and uh, I guess like pulling the bandaid off fashion <laughs> where very little notice essentially changing the interest rates overnight to uh, adjust to perceived risk factors around liquidity. And there was quite a big backlash to this. And originally, the vote had garnished around 14 billion S-spell, which had given it a majority. Uh, but throughout the day, uh, due to the backlash across all of crypto Twitter and just feedback, uh, I believe it was Danny, who is the largest holder, flipped his vote from yes to no. And so the proposal died, and I'm sure they're going back to the drawing board to come up with a, a different interest rate vote that introduces a gradual change rather than these very sudden mechanics that could stress the market even more. And uh, as I recall, Drake also took to Twitter and kind of issued a lengthy thread talking about why this was a rug pull. Uh, was that in reference to this one? Yes, it was. Uh, yeah, so Drake had essentially gone out and uh, Drake is Drake Evans is the uh, one of the senior core developers at Frax. He was the guy who made Fraxland. Uh, so he has really good intimate knowledge of, of the lending situation and how all of this works. And he essentially lambasted Abracadabra for coming out and uh, jacking up the interest rates from where they were. Um, let me pull that up while we go. But what do you guys think about the response to Michael's, I guess, dalliance into the depths of lending hell? He want what what independent of what was or what may have been wanted this has forced the hand of many actors to do different things and consider the extent of protocol implementations um, my expectation or my hope is that protocols adapt adjust and try and tune protocol uh, properties to for the best interest of all parties and it's this isn't about not 
liquidating. This is about what's best for Abracadabra. And ultimately, probably what's best for Abracadabra is best for the ecosystem is a relatively moderate interest rate. Why? Because then those types of positions can be encapsulated and and paired with other positions, just like we saw what was paired, the, the, the F debt position was paired with CRV USD and elevated interest rates drive a lot of capital flows through the system and elevated interest rates will garner deposits. So this is a benefit or an opportunity to the Abracadabra protocol to get interest rates up. We want to see elevated interest rates and sure you get complexity if uh, the protocol trends toward liquidation. But look at all the parties that have been purchasing and acquiring vested interest. Liquidation is mere opportunity <laughs> to acquire at a cheaper price. That is true. And it should be noted that unlike Fraxlin, the MIM protocol or Abracadabra protocol is highly exposed in the case of a liquidation event. So Fraxlin, like we've talked about before and discussed Drake's treat, or tweet from the other day, the uh, losses in a Fraxlin position are, are socialized across the entire, uh, entire pair. But for Abracadabra, uh, the protocol eats any losses because they're the ones that's issuing the debt. And so the losses are socialized across the everyone, even borrowers who may not even think about having exposure to CRV. So it's a much different question about risk. You know, these older systems that were created back in 2020 and 2021, like Ave and, and Abracadabra, uh, really specifically Ave V2, because Ave V3 doesn't have these weaknesses. And we wouldn't be having this conversation if uh, Michael's position was in Ave V3. Uh, but the V2 and then also this Abracadabra situation, like highlight the... Uh, I guess, naive models that we created at the time, uh, which didn't really take into account some of the left tail complexities that we could find as the, the market matured and developed. And some of these protocols grew into the billions of market cap. So well, I'll, I'll defer to the captain. Just a quick one. This all reduces to each individual protocols uh, need or it it emphasizes or reveals the extent the protocol needs to mutate and which is not necessarily a good thing depending on how contracts have been written you don't want too much mutability but within tolerances of contract design if there's these characteristics that could be changed including interest rates uh, you change them to structure a protocol to be healthy and strong. And, and that's very interesting. That has the very interesting thing that has emerged from this situation. It's forcing everyone to look at the design of these debt systems. The stronger any debt system is, the stronger the, the offerings and the products that are offered from a DeFi perspective become. So one of the uh, hilarious ironies of all this, um, of course, there's been a lot of like noise on uh, crypto Twitter or crypto X or whatever you want to call it. Um, one of the best tweets I saw came from Taz Talk Chad, uh, which was saying just ironically, Curve USD fixes us with soft liquidations. 
The funny thing is if Mitch actually allowed Curve as collateral on CurveUSD, he could absorb his position uh, because instead of having to like socialize the losses or like uh, hit protocols with bad debt, um, a large position of this size would just get arbitraged away as a you know curve death spiral to zero or below. So I, um, I think this is it's a little bit okay. Uh, I half agree with this because I believe there is some. Uh, how do I say this? Like so, I, I I think there's some some risk that like as the even with soft liquidations, right? As the liquidations start to pick up, uh, there's a reduction in liquidity, and the liquidations start moving faster and faster. So it could it could buffer it for a while, but I do believe that even with the soft liquidations, there come a point where uh, it the convexity just causes it to uh, go wildly wildly lower very quickly right. um, so and it, would ha and it would have the same issues right so the the risk would be that the arbitragers don't step in because they don't perceive the arbitrage opportunity right no 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 they the, the arbitragers would be there but it's just your there's a reduction in liquidity that would happen as the soft liquidations occur and so the assumption is is that like as more and more of the crv is entered into soft liquidation this slippage that is like prevalent within these trades starts to increase higher and higher uh, within and the so, narrow within the narrow bands there'd be slippage it's not even about the bands it's just about the the, the availability of arbitragers to uh to to manage this position through these these trade executions and so i i, I would think that like there is a reduction in liquidity um and maybe i'm wrong but it just seems to me that there's there's some convexity to this position as it moves downward. Indeed. Yeah. But but that also introduces the counter opportunity. It's not just arbitrageurs, it's decreased price to purchase a piece of curves vested interest. The temptation to own a piece, which is exactly what has played out. Uh, highlighted by OTC as well as market price action, bringing it right back up to upper 50s, increases uh, inversely proportional to the price decrease. Ultimately, yeah. you find that uh, that threshold, that uh, intersection point where it doesn't go much cheaper. It's just too powerful uh, as a means of incentivizing or uh, financing velocity through the DeFi space. Yeah, because uh, look, at the end of the day, I mean, maybe it's a good, maybe it is good to move CRV or the, the actual CRV tokens into a soft liquidation curve USD pool. Maybe that's the right thing to do. I, I, I Except think Mitch would, isn't going to do that because no. of endogenous collateralization. So it's really an opportunity out there for someone you know, who's interested in building something, like I said yesterday, for curve USD as best as like uh, you can tweak it as need be <clears> and launch it with curve collaterals. I don't think it's that easy. I think they're again, like it's that's true. Swerve Finance learned the hard way. It's tough to copy these things. Like Ave at the end of the day, Ave V2 was the best system out there, or at least the one that that Michael and felt was the the most opportune system for him to place his capital into. And, and it remains a remarkable system. Like, and it, it well, it's because it's subsidizing his position because 
I don't think that the the cross pool collateralization was supposed to uh, mute and dampen risk like we're seeing with the interest rates that are being charged to Michael right now to this point. Because even if you look at what's happening uh, in the stables on Ave, like I saw them peaking up to like the 30s and 40s yesterday. Um, right now, it's he's paying 15% for DAI. He's paying 20%. I don't know if you part any GUSD, but uh, he's paying 11% for USDC, and he's paying 16.5% for, for Tether. Um, on a $60 million loan that people think might be liquidated soon. That doesn't seem like it seems negligible to the risk that that could occur. And versus in like Fraxlin, you're seeing much higher rates, like much, much, much higher rates uh, that are the actual like almost true uh, interest rates that people should be accepting for this, which is like he's paying 30% for fracks on CRV or sorry for on for on Fraxland, right? Yeah. Um, for what it's worth, um, there was an interesting Twitter space this morning in which uh, Mark Zeller of Ave was talking about this. Um, and he, he made he made a number of points, but he doesn't believe that there's going to be a like curved death spiral anytime soon. And in fact, he's um, he's pushing to acquire uh, some VECRV uh, about 2 million at this discount for the purposes of incentivizing the GHO pool, which is uh, exciting news. Very smart. If anything, like this is a, it's, it's good for all the other protocols that we're going to have this large scale CRV distribution uh, that the, a lot of protocols who might have been reticent to enter this, the curve wars now can pick up curve on discount and then boost their own pools like with go like with justin sun's stusdt uh, what five mil exactly yeah everyone bought there was no it was literally like the night of and everyone wanted a piece this is a process of distributing vested interest in the most strategic way possible if I, I, you could think many things, and obviously, in the end, the only person who game theoried what may play out when taking these depositions was Michael. But obviously, there's A and B. It's like, oh, I, I want to borrow money to buy things. Yeah. Or maybe it was a little bit more sophisticated of a thought process, what may play out, and including forcing protocols to think about their design, how they compare to one another, moving the space forward, jacking up interest rates. Interest rates drive activity, produce velocity, garner attention, drive capital inflow, force protocols. Oh, maybe I should create new liquidity pairs. Oh, how do I drive liquidity to a liquidity pair? Oh, maybe I need a piece of curve vested interest. The, the whole system that has emerged is a cyclical currency regime that has all the overtones of what the sovereigns have done over the years. Yeah, you can sell it to capitalize, which ultimately decreases the price and drives capital inflow. And you get this cyclical regime. So this should have some wider effects. I mean, it's actually, it, Maybe this is the resurgence of the curve wars, right? Because the concentration of CRV in Michael's hands was preventing this 
other entities from from coming in. And now that we're seeing favorable prices based on long-term projections of revenue, um, we might see a bunch of new entrants, right? Which is what we need, right? We need capitulation. Well, what we have, uh, two things. Uh, these systems operate, and I'm talking about currency recycling regimes, which obviously applies to like uh, the balancer federation as well as I define it. You have asymmetric price appre appreciation and depreciation. Uh, and we're in that difficult part of the liquidity cycle where it's a negative sum game in the entire DeFi market. And when capital flows in, it goes the opposite direction. So this entire situation presents interesting opportunity to garner a piece of control over where these emissions are directed, heading into an increasing liquidity cycle within, let's say, what, the next year and a half, a decent time horizon. The vested interest was too centralized. We know that. And from an investor perspective, when I'm thinking of deploying capital, especially a larger actor deploying, you know, 10 figures, not 10 figures, let's say seven, eight, nine, 10 figures. Uh, who's, who's your peers? Who, who are you playing the game against? Uh, and with what, 30, 40, 50% of supply, uh, that's a large centralized piece of vested interest. So how do you distribute that in a strategic way while also capitalizing. To me, this all seems like, oh yeah, that's probably something uh, I, I would have done myself. How do you get rid of tokens? If you sell them, no, that's not gonna work. That's not, it's gonna kill your baby. Okay, so this is, this is achieving everything that DeFi wants. It's forcing protocols to think, it's distributing the tokens, so allowed them to capitalize. It all makes sense to me. Yeah, if anything, I mean, like it taking taking hints from other technology companies like Facebook. Uh, in retrospect, Michael probably should have been distributing his tokens when Curve was in the multiples of dollars, right, three, four, five dollars, and not at these capitulation events. Like you look at what Mark Zuckerberg did in this past cycle, pretty much selling the top for months and months and months. Uh, just distributing his Facebook stock while keeping his B shares, right? And it's the same thing for Michael as well, too. Michael's got enough VFX to maintain political, a strong political control within Curve for a long, long time. Indeed. Uh, indeed. And, and so this, his liquid amount of, of CRV that he has is just his, his little baby that he gets to pick and choose where he makes money with. I don't know if I definitely agree with the uh, Facebook example because I think that uh, when you look at the business itself, I think that uh, Curve is in a good situation as a business and uh, I'm not so sure that Facebook is as well, you know, and I think that if Michael had sold uh, at uh, top prices, then uh, the Fadster would uh, immediately go at him and say, oh my God, uh, he's capitulating, mm -hmm. he's just uh, in it for the money and uh, whatever. And I think it doesn't really sit with uh, the way I at least uh, perceive him. You know, it makes more sense to me that he sells now because he literally has to. And uh, it, it would have been weird, in my opinion, if he had uh, actually sold at uh, high uh, prices. Although for him, it for sure would have been uh, easier. Who, Michael? Some people don't want the most money possible. Some people spend years writing software and they want to see 
their software go on and do wonderful things. So how do you do that in the most strategic way possible? The other problem that needs to be solved is obviously on-chain liquidity depth. So I'm, I'm curious how that plays out. I'm sure there's you know, a, a very sophisticated game theory strategy in play as well. Wouldn't that be solved by uh, versioning Uniswap markets where a mixture of Uniswap v4 plus Uniswap X where we can have off-chain actors executing from on-chain order books to take liquidity? Well, let's, a quick one. Uh, you mentioned Facebook. Uh, he sold to distribute liquidity. This is a much more strategic way to distribute uh, vested interest slash liquidity as compared to that. So what do we know about liquidity? Liquidity flows based on incentive. What has these? What have these federations done? Uh, target incentives or offer a way to target incentives vis-a-vis curve ownership cyclically. So that that will be needed, uh, and that will drive where the liquidity accumulates, where the most opportunity okay. is. So that'll be interesting how that plays out, those types of mechanics. and uh, But the uh, incentive will need to be targeted. The, the complexity is, I don't think we start to see um, that entire path unfold until liquidity conditions improve, improve across the entire space. It's an, been a negative sum game in the crypto markets since uh, you know Q1 uh, 2022. We need liquidity inflow into this emerging market. And then, you know, you want to pair volatile assets with currency units, units of account. And, and how do you do that uh, using these li liquidity incentive targeting systems? So <clears throat> I'm almost reluctant to bring up uh, this subject because I find it a little tiresome, but I'm curious if you can uh, explain a bit about this tweet that you put out. Um, quote, he bought a mansion. I find to be the most awkward assumption that has remarkable circulation. It makes no sense, all things considered. Um, a lot of people like really glommed onto this though. So for those people who like don't understand, uh, like why does this make no sense? No one buys a mansion. They they get a mortgage and it's a frat. Well, it's two percent down, and he, you do the same thing you do in the DeFi space. Anyone with money doesn't spend money, and and for, first off, in meat space, anyone people don't own money in meat space. When you have seven, eight, nine, ten figures, you don't even own your money. You control it. You control it. Own nothing. Control everything. It's what Rockefeller said. So this is just such a mainstream take on debt and ownership and real estate. And then if you do a Google search apps, there's not one reference to like uh, real estate, um, uh, you know, registration document. That's just awkward in all regards. No one with any financial literacy uh, would, would buy a mansion with debt in cash Oh my God! It's just awkward from a financial perspective. I, I yeah. like I, literally, I'm a, I'm a, I'm like point, maybe one percent of like these types of actors and their total capital uh, that they're wielding. 
And I do crazy shit from a financial perspective. If I had a hundred plus times the amount of capital that I have now, yeah, it would be interesting. The crafty shit you, you come up with from a financial perspective. Yeah, I mean, you look at his cash flows just from VFXS, and it's more than enough to pay all the the mortgage the mortgage bills, right? And especially grabbing these at like, well, I don't know, I don't. It's in Australia, right? So I don't think Australia has like long term fixed mortgages. I think they have like Australia. It it's like know. it's like just pull a random country out of your head. Everything that we see on social media is in Switzerland. <clears throat> what the hell is going on? Where do these I, stories come from? Well, I think the I think the bigger thing that uh, well, not bigger, but adjacent topic that I wanted to go over was the introduction of FFRAX tokens into the CRV USD liquidity. Uh, couple of days ago so this is the first time that we've seen really significant rewards go to a cross pair of either acf tokens and a stable coin previously all of the a tokens or c tokens were kind of clumped together and just thrown into curve and you would have like your your a token lp your c token lp and curve uh, but this time now we have a incentivization system for secondary debt claims uh, where they can essentially become money creation instruments paired against a decentralized dollar inside of the curve ecosystem uh, it's kind of wild isn't it Noah look at the yield on it it's great uh, there's, there's, why would that not be wanted intentional how do you get yields like that the, the position as we've discussed if it if it enters liquidation everyone wants it and it the, the, the yields desired yields are what create flow and flow is what garners <laughs> attention and attention creates the attraction for capital inflow flow begets flow that's why financial systems are either on a decline with regard to inflow or an, inco an incline with regard to inflow or a decline with regard to outflow. And it's very hard for that switch to occur. And that's why we have these giant market liquidity cycles, global macro considered. This is what you want to see, these types of interest rates. The, a good part of why we find these interest rates awkward or we're shocked to see them is because interest rates have been artificially suppressed intentionally by by sovereigns i mean look what goes on in japan you literally cannot mathematically have high interest rates because of the debt structure so that's this is an ascent market it's it's like talking about you know elevated interest rates in you know early 70s in the u.s it's like they were just getting the flywheel started in the u.s saudi arabia was just starting to recycle dollars and sterilize u.s bond instruments that's the, kind of the overtones of what's starting to occur in DeFi. is that the sense stage of a of a recycling and steriliz sterilization regime what sort of risk do you see in in adding these markets uh, is it significant enough that it could cause some sort of systemic depeg or collapse uh in in case of a well, de debt spiral that we're talking about so volatility so obviously that's 
the first repercussion of uh, 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 that can occur without anyone doing anything. And volatility is scary. And the most important thing to understand is anything can perish, a federation can perish, and it will take down a lot of actors. It's not just a person that takes on debt. It's not just Michael. It's not just Curve. It's what an entire federated ecosystem of 20 plus protocols, they go bye-bye. So everyone has an existentiality uh, involved in, in this and and everyone's clamoring over these assets. There's a reason why everyone's stepping up and buying OTC, no questions asked. Um, so while everything can die, uh, what's most interesting is what survives into the next positive sum game of crypto markets. And, and that's going to be one heck of a strong protocol. And, all, and this, the funny thing is all it merely has to do is survive. Well, we're still in the prisoner's dilemma. Uh, there is no positive sum yet. We're still PVP. No. And we had a we had a quote from a regular commenter, Win Moon, who said yesterday, he who liquidates first liquidates best. And potentially this has been shown in the governance actions of Ave and Abracadabra. Abracadabra nobly by going the aggressive route. Uh, they have turned back. I want to I want to come back to the Abracadabra story. So they uh, have instead proposed a, a new set of parameters to tax Michael by. And they're essentially changing the base interest rate for his current position from 200% down to 150%. If he pays down $2 million, it'll go down to 80. If he pays down $7 million, it'll go down to 30. From here, uh, he can either be hurt or helped by increasing or decreasing the collateral ratios. Uh, if he can lower the collateral ratio to less than 40%, he gets a, a 20% discount or 20% interest rate change. Um, but if he goes up to 70% for the collateral ratio, then it goes up to 25%. Uh, lastly, they've also added in a new section that adds in new discounts based on the amount of tri-curve CRV, USD, ETH, CRV liquidity. And the more funds that are in the pool, all the way back up to $40 million dollars, will decrease the amount of interest rate change. Um, this, this, is, this last part is a, a new addition, which wasn't there before. And I think it'll be interesting how the CRV ETH or this new tri crypto pool plays out because the attacker is still sitting on a large amount of CRV and he has yet to liquidate it yet. Uh, and so they're, they're it's, it's this strange prisoner's dilemma where like, oh, you could add liquidity, but then you just become exit liquidity for the attacker. So how does one get out of this lose-lose situation where we, need liqui we, we desperately need liquidity for the CRV pair, uh, but it's siloed off-chain and the addition of any decentralized liquidity creates a lose-lose situation where now the attacker can essentially... Uh, drain that and and walk away with more ETH. What happens when the attacker locks their VE curve? <laughs> Even better, actually, that's that would be the best situation. It's not impossible. Every protocol, and I like seeing what's going on with Abracadabra. You know, it reminds me of early what March uh, when FDIC was negotiating with JP and and uh, an SVB. 
and that's what they're doing. They're they're negotiating and coordinating for everyone. They're expressing each respective best interest. Okay, I, I don't. I, I uh, this is a good thing. It's moving everyone forward. I don't see any existential threat at this point. All I see is being people being forced to take actions to make choices. And thus far, the choices have all been that positive. Garrett, how much CRV is actually sitting in the attacker's wallet? It's something like seven or twelve million dollars worth of CRV. Yeah. Yeah, I think about seven uh, million curve tokens. Oh, that's not that much. I mean, that could be absorbed pretty readily. So liquidity should come back in droves, especially with what the rates are for this new pool. I believe it's quite high. So yeah, at the moment the pool is uh, if you've fully boosted your rewards ninety percent CRV, ooh. there's about three million dollars worth of liquidity in there, um, up from you know zero. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what's the new TriCrypto pool called? It's called TriCurve. Let me pull it back up on screen. TriCurve. It's a very yeah TriCurve. You might like it. <laughs> tri-curve and so it's currently earning fully boosted 90 percent yield that's great uh, probably in line with the risk that is taken here but um, you know to be able to snatch it up and look you're earning base you're earning you're earning very nicely on that pool like quarter percent a day that's that's great um, i don't know if i'd put any crv in that but the the yields i think are justifiably where they should be for the amount of risk that is to CRV at the moment. Isn't it fascinating that you remember back in late October 2020 it was around launch period where everyone was screaming as it's a hyperinflationary collapse and sure the initial stage was a hyperinflationary collapse and everyone was screaming the emissions are too high and <laughs> it's literally on-chain illiquid. So balancer is probably the most interesting argument that I've seen on on Twitter, and it has, and that's why they've garnered a piece of uh, of systemic <clears throat> entrenchment, as I would say. It's their eighty twenty ve uh, type of position, where it literally is a ve locked position, but it's not drying up liquidity. So that's why they've garnered a piece of entrenchment. Um, that's interesting. Uh, so curve uh, being the relatively high emissions protocol is the illiquid one uh, and and ve 8020s have uh, you know it's not it doesn't deprecate anything but it's interesting in in comparison and it's going to be interesting to see how both protocols play out over the coming couple of years yeah garrett maybe you could talk about the health and tightness volatility of the CRV USD peg throughout this past week. How has it performed and what have been some of the reactions to this newly deployed stablecoin been on a technical and operational level? Yeah, I feel like no one's been talking too much about Curve USD um, because most of the conversation is focused on you know random memes about Mitch's house, <laughs> um, which is fine. It's a very gorgeous house. Um, but here's a shot of the like volatility of the curve USD peg. And it's been undergoing like a fairly extreme flows of liquidity. So it was above 100 million 
uh, at the beginning of the week, uh, roughly. And then, you know, as people are moving their liquidity out, it's down to like, I think, 80 million or something like that. Um, in that, that's also caused massive fluctuation of the borrow rates. Uh, the borrow rates fluctuate in real time to try and uh, basically like incentivize liquidity flows. Uh, but the peg has been very, very strong. Now it's um, it depegged to the uh, 0.996. I don't think you'd consider that a depeg since that's kind of common for even like uh, redeemable stable coins to trade at that level. Um, but quickly recovered back to its kind of usual trading range. So it's, uh, it's still one of, like along with Frax, one of the tightest pegged um, algorithmic stable coins out there. If you want to refer to an algorithmic stable coin being anything other than a fiat backed redeemable stable coin. So, um, a good, impressive performance. Quite. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Yeah, it's it's great to see Studio RVUSD's performance throughout this period, especially like for such a young asset to perform in a way which is completely by design how it should be, and to maintain its peg um, in a very tight mm-hmm. fashion. It's great. It's uh, this is the kind of crisis you exactly. want to see. <laughs> it's deterministic the incentive pressures are applied to that peg deterministically as designed Uh, there's no mutating the implementation that's quite fascinating Uh, all we have in DeFi is pressures or in finance in general is pressures and incentives and that affects human behavior and that's what i like to observe especially when the pressures and incentives are not controlled uh, necessarily by human, the human decision-making process. So in many regards, we're entering a, a world where software is causing all of this behavior. <laughs> it's fascinating. Mm-hmm. So if we're going to keep this as a curve cast, I'm interested to hear all of your thoughts on the recovery efforts, particularly this tweet that broke this morning. Uh, so one of the... Um, uh, the first pool that was hacked was the JPEG pool. Uh, and a few days ago, uh, Zach XBT, you know, the ace sleuth who is behind you know, a number of on-chain investigations, uh, sent a message to this address, uh, at Michael Razum, um, identifying this person as the uh, address tied to the uh, JPEG pool exploit. And this morning, um, Razum wrote back saying, hey, we spoke. One of my contracts was hacked by the same curve exploiter. That makes me another victim. So uh, could you please like, not blame me for this? Take this tweet down. I have a uh, reputation to maintain. What do you all think? Is this going to hold up in the court of law? I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's, I, don't, <laughs> I think this situation is... Uh, I, I, I think... I don't know. Maybe Zach should have tried to reach out first. Who knows? How do you prove that statement or disprove it? Exactly. Will it even reach, uh, like, you know, uh, legal uh, actions or whatever? I think this oh, yeah. kind of stuff, uh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. For the size of these, like, yeah, like anything, like a $10 million hack or $70 million hack like this instantly goes on uh, government security services radars. Because, but, but did because, they say anything about it? Well, I mean, it, it's it becomes a question of national security, right? Because it's like, is this Lazarus? <laughs> exactly. Is this Lazarus? Is this Best Korea reaching out and interacting with the uh, the crypto ecosystem again? And if it's the case, then it, it gets pushed way up the chain. 
if not, then it gets turned over to national investigative authorities who then go out and try to arrest the bad guy. And once you have an identity, it's easy enough to track stuff outside. And then, and then it's a matter of correlation. And that's the easy part. Mm -hmm. How come all our pictures went small? We had all these like great, like, you can do uh, yeah, it used to be on the whole screen. Uh, yeah, I know. Um, we'll have to re-upload them again. But it's interesting. There's a lot of response across the entire crypto community um, since we're doing Curvecast today. Uh, we had a, another proposal. This is a second time proposed proposal from Gauntlet to reduce the CRV LTV to zero on Aave V2. This would essentially prevent Michael from adding any more CRV. Uh, it would only allow him to pay down his debts and it would essentially in the signal the end of the relationship on a long-term basis between Michael and Ave V2. Why did, I mean, in, the, in this vein of thought, why did Justin remove 50 mil after buying five mil, I, that's what I've been thinking about. Was it to increase the interest rates and sharks. create that? Well, no, I, I don't. I don't. You know, there's there's sharks, but there's sharks are strategic. You know, and you know, sharks could be short term and long term. That's capital management. Was it to juice the interest rate and to garner this attention and drive this behavior? I find that interesting. I've been thinking about that one. I mean, obviously, he wants to buy as much CRV as possible, and the most pressure that he can put on Michael is through maintaining high interest rates. Oh, my goodness. He wants to buy as much CRV as possible. Everyone wants to buy it. Literally, any game theory we could think of, it's literally, oh, liquidate him. Why? Because we want to buy it. <laughs> well, I think that the common consensus is that there are two liquidity layers two major liquidity layers in crypto uniswap which does not have this ability to engage in a socialized fee distribution structure yet uh, and then also curve which has an explicit one um, and if you're able to i mean you're buying cash flows right we all know the cash flows of curve we know what they can be we've seen it through a bull market they're insane and when you are buying CRV to lock it up. It's not just for four years. You're locking for forever. You're essentially buying a forever cash flow in a, this high growth exchange. And if you're able to do it at a discounted rate, which is well below what you think the, the market would ever price CRV or should price CRV at, then it's a win. It's a big win. <laughs> Everyone wants to buy it. That's it. That, that, that's the simplest way to uh, to interpret all these events and and everyone created all these pressures and every protocol is trying to tweak and maintain their their survival attribute and it's just fascinating did you see the good girl uh, gone crypto tweet yeah she exactly. hasn't been around in a bit yeah too she's not as vocal as uh, before but uh, you know whenever there's such a, a lot of stuff on crv i did see her on the timeline uh, here and there and uh, i think this uh, kind of touches uh, on your point that uh, you know this is like uh, okay there's a lot of mess but uh, it's the same decentralization of uh, crv that uh, everyone uh, kind of uh, wanted you know so everyone is uh, like uh, okay repositioning uh, accordingly <coughs> 
Listen, if, if there's a liquid, more OTC, more OTC. If there's a liquidation, then the market owns it and anyone could buy it. But then it becomes systemic infrastructure, more so systemic infrastructure than it already is. I mean, literally, it takes out 20 plus protocols. If, if there's a, some sort of failure, can there be a failure at this point? Um, so distributing the vested interest either intentionally or a hostile takeover, come on. I don't, I don't see that as, uh, I, I like the sentiment and ultimately the net result is the observation, distribution of vested interest either forcibly or intentionally. So this is some of the pushback I've seen from people, which is that this idea that any protocol is too big to fail goes against the ethos of DeFi. Um, the idea that there's like uh, rich people bailing out other rich people and like, um, you know, that Mitch is kind of like at this like too big to fail status is, um, I don't know. That, that's some of the pushback I'm seeing from people who don't like what's going on here. What, what are your all thoughts on that? Too, too big to fail is healthy. It means that we have a system which people can't live without and... Like, imagine if Curve went down tomorrow, right? Just disappeared. There would be a huge... There are no competitors which are practically or operationally able to provide the services that CRV does. Um, and it would take a long time for a new competitor to... Or for, like, a new incumbent to emerge. I don't think even Balancer is, is even in that discussion uh, just because of like design mechanisms and uh, other issues. Uh, you know, Curve is singular and you would have to essentially re relaunch the same thing. <laughs> like there is no there is no going back at this point. It's entrenched. It's an incumbent. It's entrenched psychologically. It's, it's uh, the, the actions and behaviors of the market participants aren't out of fear. It's mm -hmm. too big to fail. It's out of opportunity. They want to own it. Exactly. Okay. By the way, uh, uh, Garrett, every uh, August, the supply of, uh, like, the emissions of CRV go down, uh, goes down every August, right? I remember uh, seeing it. Like, the, uh, yeah, they smoothed up. When exactly is it happening? It's the same do as... You see, do you see it, it's going to affect the situation? Like, uh, what are your thoughts on it? So it's uh, the same schedule as Bitcoin's four-year halvings, just smoothed out to be annually which works out to roughly a 15% uh, emissions cut uh, the 15th of August, I believe. Uh, now, in the first time that this happened, uh, the first couple of times, it was, um, you know, people care about the price. Like, it did see, like, the price went up. Um, so people are always excited about that, right? Um, this most recent time last year, in the midst of the bear market, there was, like, absolutely no effect. This was when, like, everything was just going down, 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 down. And the kind of drop in emissions changed nothing. So, like, it's tough to say because we're still in a bear market. Like, what effect that might have on the price? Um, the nice thing is, in terms of the like supply or the narrative, so to speak. Um, like, one of the biggest criticisms that was leveled against Curve from the beginning was that the emissions were too much. Right? Like, there's too much Curve being uh, emitted. It was the knock against it at the outset. And you more and you go through enough of these, and it's going to become like the opposite. Like there's not enough curve being emitted. It's all of a sudden going to become the uh, at some point. You know, I had said one of my New Year's predictions back in December uh, was that the curve wars were going to emerge again for there to be a, re a renaissance in DeFi. And looking back on that girl gone crypto tweet, let me bring this up. You know, she says this is just a continuation 
of the of the curve wars. And maybe it is. Maybe this is the emergence, re-emergence of CRV as the dominant player within all of DeFi. And you know, this is the catalyst that we need to uh, move away from a few single parties within the curve ecosystem, controlling such a dominant position that no other competitors are able to come in at a at a reasonable price. And now this is the opportunity that any kind of outlier protocols have to to come on board and uh, even even entrenched incumbents. You look at what's happening with Ave and them buying CRV to to boost Go. Um, you know, in the wake of the Luna Frax four pool collusion that they had, where they essentially were taking all the CRV in existence into their ecosystems. Uh, it didn't really like leave a lot of extra crumbs for other competitors who wanted to enter the curve wars. And and now this is the opportunity to do so. Most certainly. Mm -hmm. uh, we have, okay, so let's talk about, um, let's talk about options, right? Uh, if you've ever traded options before, you know that they have these like slightly sexual weird uh, names like strangle and straddle jade lizards and things i don't know <laughs> whoever came up with that's the best description of options i've yeah. ever heard <laughs> uh it was a bunch of nerdy dudes who like came up with these names uh but now we live in a world of gen zers and we're rebuilding options on chain and so we get to name them as we want again notably y2k finance has come out and created an options product that they called touchdown vaults and <laughs> Uh, these are essentially like uh, selling selling straddles, right? So um, the the idea here is that if CRV touches forty cents at any time during an epoch, you win and you make a lot of money. But if they That's don't, cool. then the option sellers who uh, bet against you make the money. Uh, interesting, interesting product. I like how they call it touchdown, right? Because it instead of penning, like again like penning penning a straddle right now you're doing some touchdowns you're partying right yay, yay to the gen zers these are cool this is a, it's like binary yes no paramutual stuff like hero wants to do uh, this is it's good to see uh, this, this interesting type of betting mm -hmm. gotta say the uh the selection of 40 cents which is very close to michael's liquidation price it's Freaking savage, and I gotta say, I love it. Well, it's meme tastic, right? Like, what other what other strike would people play? Like, exactly. Yeah. So, just just brilliant stuff. So, uh, hats off to them. Good so these stuff. are these are daily options. So they they have a twenty four hour period. Uh, right now, the deposit period is from six pm UTC. So that's like right uh, an hour left, and then they last twenty four hours. And the options are in effect as soon as deposits end and expire 10 p.m. UTC next Tuesday. Wait, is that a week? Uh, oh, wait, no. Oh, so the deposit period is 24 hours. It's starting in an hour, and then they last one week. So a seven-day option on a 40%, 40 cent strike, that's not that bad. I'd probably take that bet, right? There's probably enough volatility that somebody's going to pay for it, probably overpay for it. I'd sell that, actually. I'm going to sell that. How can I sell that? I'm sure uh, that's, that's that's the I'll go to Arbitrum. I think you can do it right now. Uh, I wonder who's on the other side. I want to get on the other side of that actually, because 
I would assume they're picking the 40 strike because they're trying to lure in retail who's going to overpay for that 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 volatility. Let's get uh let's see if we get the team on uh Leviathan to talk about it. It'll be a good uh episode. Yeah. Um well, cool. I think we're right around an hour and no, I know that you got a, a hard stop because you have a what did you call it? Retrospective. Uh, retrospective. Good old scrum. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, here we go. We have, uh, how did I find this channel last night searching for Curve Avracadabra on YouTube? And the next day, you have one of my favorite crypto commentators on, Noah. Awesome. Thumbs up, sunglasses from Paul Petro. Thank you, Paul. One of our favorites as well. <laughs> uh, so that is going to wrap it up for today. We had a Curve cast as usual, as we've done for the last week. Um, but thank you, Noah, for coming. brought himself a week of publicity with this stunt. I, I know, it's great. Yeah. Actually, they say it doesn't do marketing. They say it doesn't do marketing. Uh, it actually has been really good marketing. I want to bring up the... We'll, we'll, we'll do one last thing before we head out of here. Uh, the Fraxland pairs uh, have seen significant inflows ever since the... Uh, this this whole situation so specifically someone maxed out the maker pool someone maxed out the uni pool uh and there's been good demand across the rest of all the fraxland pairs so uh these pools were essentially sitting at zero before nobody was borrowing anything and now the utilization's gone up to near max and it those those uh the amount of liquidity that's in those pools will will drastically increase over the next few days so look at those yields great yields uh 29% yield for, or sorry, 32% yield for CRV and 15% uh, for Geome, if that's your thing. Well, Noah, thank you so much for being here today. And everyone that is home, we love you. And thank you for being here. <laughs> <laughs> what have you done? <laughs> I'll be back, guys. I, as, as long as I have something to say, and uh, I'm more than happy to say it. Perfect. Well, uh, squid and squidettes until the tide returns. Goodbye, folks. Cheers, everyone.